0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Rack Focus podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Hall. This week we will talk about what I saw this week, which was John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. Later we will talk about the speculation of Robert Pattinson taking over as the newest Batman. And then also what is coming out this week. May twenty fourth for new releases. Alright, let's get into it. So, John Wick chapter three, Parabellum. It had an estimated budget of fifty-five million dollars. And as the time as of the time of this recording, it has topped the weekend box office with a weekend total of fifty-seven million dollars. So it has grossed two million more than what it cost. So it's already made a profit, yet again, in its first weekend. This series has really found a following. When I first saw when I saw the first one, I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it on DVD. Uh, Wasn't really I didn't really hear much about it. I don't think the marketing campaign on the first film was. As strong as it, w- as it was for the second and third one, Lionsgate has put out as the uh, distributor of this film franchise. And uh, they've, I think, really found their footing after the success of the first one. The second one did really well also. Uh, before we get really kind of delve into it, I just kind of wanted to bring, you know, kind of point out a couple of things. When the first John Wick movie came out in 2014, it had a budget of $20 million. It made just in the US alone it made 43 million dollars worldwide 130 million dollars. So you knew they had a success on their hands. Uh, I'm pretty confident that that's not even including like rentals and uh, you know rentals on iTunes and Redbox and places like that. It's just counting just theater gross. In 2017, when John Wick Chapter 2 came out, it had a budget of $40 $40 million. It made in the US $92 million. And worldwide, $158 million. That's pretty amazing. So, obviously, they're going to keep making these movies because they're making a killing off of them. And that's kind of not really if they rather should, you know, should they, but if it makes money they're going to it's just how I mean it's a business so that's how businesses you know work if it makes money you keep making it so with John Wick Chapter 3 with an estimated budget of 55 and then making 57 just in its weekend I can't I can't wait to find out what the uh, totals will wind up being alright so let's get into it this movie was amazing I, I, I mean I I watched the first two on DVD just cause I just never made it out to the theaters to see the second one. So I did wait till it came out to for rental and I rented it both. And it's just one of those. I just love watching it. I don't even, it's just amazing to watch the choreography that goes into setting up all the action scenes so that they are flawless. And you can just tell that they practice so much. And how meticulous, not only the director, but also the actors that that do the sequences actually take this, and it really shows. There's not one sloppy shot. There's nothing that's a quick edit to where it looks like you're missing something or you can't tell what's going on. Kind of like it is in some of the Born Identity movies, which you know could got a little chaotic, and it. I guess was just I don't know if it was an editor's choice or a director's choice. It just made it hard to see what the action was going on. This movie does not do that. John Wick the this film, the third one, is the best way I can describe it is it's a it's kind of like a symphony of chaos. (laughs) That's the best way I can really put it. It's just everything it hits every note. Everything is just like a dance, but with gunfire. It's kind of weird to kind of picture that in your head, but once you see the film, you will completely understand what I'm talking about. Every every martial arts move, every knife throw, it's just, it's just seamless. It's You could tell that you just rehearsed it, rehearsed it, rehearsed it, and if either the director or if Keanu Reeves did not like how it went you could tell they redid it again and it just shows the choreography is just amazing I just can't get over it. and you could tell that there are you could tell where the edits are from when they cut from one shot to from a close-up to a different from to a more uh, medium three which would just be your standard kind of wide range shot and you could see it there but it just looks so flawless it's just it's beautifully edited uh, the director did an amazing job pointing out the shots and, and filming them to where it just, just looked beautiful and just, yeah, not to mention the amount of practice that Keanu Reeves went into, went or had to take in order to be able to handle each weapon. And I've never seen someone speed load a shotgun as fast as he did in this movie. I just, I've never seen that. It's just, it blew my mind watching him do that. And I know everyone probably at this point has seen the video of Keanu Reeves going through the training course before filming the movie that they put him through. And what an amazing shot he actually is. You can just tell he really just takes his craft seriously. And even though it's basically at the gun range. He's taken it so seriously. He wants to get everything just just right. And I will post this video to the, uh, to my website for the John Wick post. So that if, in case you haven't seen it, you can catch up and watch it. And I did see that Halle Berry also has one. And I'm going to try and be sure I can try and get that posted as well. Or a link to it. So the third film... Let's get into the plot. (laughs) John Wick in this film, this movie takes place, I want to say about 30 minutes after the end of the second film, after chapter two, just like chapter two pretty much picked up at least probably the next night after chapter one, if not the second night, but it picked up right away. There was no, I mean, it's the beauty of this franchise is that everything takes place shortly after the previous film. It's not a separate storyline. It's a continuation, hence the chapter part of it, which I absolutely love. So chapter three takes place probably 30 minutes after the end of chapter two. If you haven't seen the previous two John Wicks, I would recommend watching those first, obviously. Not saying you couldn't watch the third one and enjoy it. I'm just saying you'll have a much further better knowledge of what is going on. Plus, uh, the part I'm about to get into will make more sense. Not necessarily spoilers, just more knowledge. So in the beginning of the third film, or the end of the second film, he kills someone in the in the Continental Hotel, which is where all the assassins stay and the one rule is, no killing inside the Continental Hotel. John Wick broke that rule at the end of the second film, and thus... He became what's called excommunicado, which basically he's banished, more or less, from the hotel. They then put a price on his head. And Winston, played by the great Ian McShane from what most people know from Deadwood, basically told him, I'm giving you one hour, and I can't do anything more for you. So John was having to leave, and he's on the run. So this movie takes place with John Wick on the run. And he he has a $14 million price bounty on his head. He's a target of hitmen and hitwomen everywhere. And he's having to find some sort of safe haven. He's not able to... He's unfortunately having a hard time because everybody gets the... When the time runs out... Everybody gets essentially like a text message notification notifying of the mark on his head, and everybody wants to try and get in on killing him. So it goes from so it shows him being chased by various different hitmen in New York City, and the various uh, fight sequences are just each one. Just one of them would just be amazing. You would just be thankful for that you were able to watch it, but the, but they show, but they go from one just to another without you feeling exhausted. Like okay, I need a break. Can we have some downtime from the fighting? No, you're you're all in. You're good to go. It's it's basically what everything you want out of this film. It's not. It doesn't move as slow as the second as the second one did for me. Second one felt a little bit kind of paced a little bit slower. This one did not have that sort of issue. It paced just perfectly. It, it was highly entertaining. There's a scene where he's being chased. And there's a group of men that chase him into what looks like a warehouse of some sort. Of like antique uh, Asian culture uh, artifacts. And with like cases of various different sized knives next to statues and everything and he gets thrown around and breaks the cases and they start throwing they they essentially have a a knife fight some parts of it you kind of laugh because they are kind of comedic in nature but don't get me wrong this movie still is very much John Wick so it's very like oh my god I can't believe they just did that I was like oh wow that had to hurt or that's you know pretty violent but it's pretty much what you're expecting. It's It just flows beautifully. As I stated earlier, Halle Berry is also in this. It, she doesn't play necessarily a love interest, but she plays an important role in the film in helping him. She also has, because we know John Wick loves dogs, hence the whole purpose of the first movie. And the drive of the first movie. She has two German shepherds. There's an entire fight scene. Involving the two German shepherds. And her. And John Wick. Against a group of bad guys essentially. And. From the. Uh, research I was able to. You know what little research. I was able to find on this. I found that Halle Berry. Actually served as a dog trainer. On this film. And she also ended up. She ended up uh, receiving three broken ribs during the filming of this movie, but yet yeah, kept going because the director, Chad Stelhinsky, was very adamant about their about them using practical effects, which I absolutely admire, and I believe only enhances a film instead of relying heavily on special effects. So using actual stunts and stunt coordinators and people and the actors having to perform a lot of their own stunts. And I think that really just adds more to the film. Most people probably won't see it as much, but I think if you were to watch this, you'll be like, "Wow, No, they definitely did that. Much like how Tom Cruise uh, did that bike chase scene in Mission Impossible Fallout, if, if you've watched that. And you know that he did that, and he also flew the helicopter. It just makes it just adds to how much more amazing that film is as well. So such like in that film, when the when you have not only Keanu Roos doing all his own stunts, or a lot of his own stunts, and Halle Berry also doing a lot of her own stunts, it just adds more to the action. It gets it immerses you more into the film. And just makes you more appreciative of how well this, of how well made this movie is. So, through various stops, John, John Wake tries to, more or less, try and figure out how he can get back in the good graces of the high chair, and how he can not be essentially hunted down, because he's wanting to live, not necessarily for him. But for his wife, even though she has passed, he wants to live for her. And so he's trying to find a way to do that and ends up having to make a sacrifice of his own in order to try and get back in their good graces. The, I guess, main villain in the film is Mark Dacascos, who's a very well-known action star. who has been in some great movies and done some amazing martial arts. He's actually pretty funny in this movie. He's not only the villain, but he's also the comic relief of sorts. It's very interesting. It's not It's not comic relief in like the traditional way, or even untraditional. He's not the comic relief like a Deadpool kind of funny. It's just there to add some levity, they put some good humor into his character where he's not completely hated, but you can also tell well, he's kind of funny, but he's still pretty much a psycho, so there's something, you know, screws loose in that one. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, of course, reprises his role as the Bowery King. And one of my one of my favorite... It's not a cameo, it's just one of my favorite new characters, there we go, is the actor Jason Manzoukas, who I know from, and maybe you do too, from the podcast, how did this get made? He's also was on the TV show The Week. He played Ravi, and he just plays the his legit character's name is the TikTok guy because <laughs> he just, mainly because he tells John Wick TikTok, Mister Wick TikTok. But he works with Lawrence Fishbur- Lawrence Fishburne in The Bowery, and doesn't have a whole lot of lines. But I was just really thankful because he actually brought up when they were covering on how this get made the they covered Johnny Mnemonic and they were talking about how he would he would love to be in the next John Wick movie so to call him up and I guess somebody was listening or he just or just was fate because he did end up getting, getting cast in this film and I just not only do I think it's funny I think he's funny I think he's a great actor he just He's getting more roles, so that was good to see him in there. So that, uh, without giving, I'm trying not to give too much away because it's still fairly new. I would just highly recommend it. There, I didn't really find anything that I was just that I thought the movie did wrong, or I was upset about, or wish they would have done better. I mean, it's the longest of the three movies. I believe two about 2 hours 20 minutes give or take somewhere around there. It could probably use about 10 15 minutes cut out maybe. Uh, uh, but that's more nitpicking than anything. And there's but it was very well acted as you know and they obviously set it up for another John Wick movie. Because the movies cuz like I said these movies are making money, so if they're pro- I bet they make at least one more. I don't know if they make any more than that. Or they might go all fast and furious and make. You know, I think they're up to eight now with the ninth one on the way. So, or a spinoff, uh, they could also make a spinoff out of this one fairly easily. But I really enjoyed it. I would definitely recommend it. I had, I did have somebody ask me if it was something, if it was go to the theater good or watch at home good. I mean, it depends and the best way I was able to answer that was really either way I think if you like the first two then yeah and you had the time to go see it in the theaters, you should go see it in the theater but if you know if you kind of lack on time to go see it then yeah I mean it's perfectly fine to watch on on a smaller screen but I would definitely if you really enjoy these kind of movie enjoy this franchise I would definitely go out and see it for sure Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is the speculation. They want to say announcements, but it's not announced. It hasn't been officially announced. But the speculation of Robert Pattinson becoming the next Batman for Matt Reeves' The Batman movie. When I first saw it, I agreed and did not want I think my exact response was, no. No, no. Our Batman does not sparkle. It does not shimmer. It doesn't do any of those things. We need to find somebody else. However, that is unfair to him. Because I'm pretty sure, I think I had the same reaction when Heath Ledger got cast as a Joker. I was like, the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You. I don't feel confident about that. And then what happens, he receives a Academy Award, albeit posthumously, but he wins Best Supporting Actor. So, I think the, for most people, the initial reaction is going to be no and terrible, and I think I even saw it somewhere. Someone, for I don't know why people think petitions actually work when it comes to movies, but they actually petitioned to go ahead and have him not be Batman for which is just ridiculous. I get I love I love when people love movies so much but there are times I do believe it kind of borders on ridiculous. So, before we decide to go ahead and make judgments on whether or not Robert Pattinson will make a good Batman or not, let's kind of look at his filmography for just a minute. And I'm not going to get into the entire Thirty-nine films he has credited, but what I do want to talk about were thirty-three. Excuse me, thirty-three films he has credited with, the ones that he also has upcoming. I just want to talk about at least three that I think we ought to probably consider before we rush to judgment. Plus, we probably I should see what he can bring to it, and I think he could bring a wide range. I know a lot of people didn't like Ben Affleck as Batman. I didn't have a problem with that. I actually liked him. I thought he played the good... He played the best older Batman he could play with the material he was given. Because I'll be the first one to say Justice League was not good. Batman vs. Superman was not good. But that, I don't believe, falls on him. I believe that falls on the director. And I definitely believe it falls on the screenwriting. At certain... At some point, we have to look further than just the actor was bad. You have to look at the materials they're given, because let's face it, actors are only as good as the material that's being given to them, and the directors that are and the directors that guide them. All right. So let's. With that being said, here are the three movies I'd like to recommend before you make a judgment on. Robert Pattinson, this one I'm is not even, I'm going to preface this, we all know he was in the Twilight movies, that's where most people get their, their knee-jerk reaction, those movies were terrible, he was not terrible, the movies just themselves, they were for a specific audience, they weren't for everybody, they weren't for me, but I understand why people like those movies, I guess, because we all have our types of movies we like. He was also Cedric Diggory in the Harry Potter and Goblet of Fire. He's a Hufflepuff, or was a Hufflepuff in the movie. I, too, am a Hufflepuff, so I'm also going to probably defend that a little bit. However, the three movies I want to recommend that you look at before making a judgment. It, the first one came out in 2013. It's called Cosmopolis. It's stars... Robert Pattinson, and it's directed by David Cronenberg. You can find it on, if you have Amazon Prime, you can find it on there to watch. I would definitely look at that. So basically, the movie's, basically what the movie's about, while Robert Pattinson's character is riding across Manhattan in a stretch limo in order to get a haircut, a 28-year-old 28 billion, 28 billionaire asset manager's day devolves into an odyssey with a cast of characters that start to tear his world apart. So basically, he plays Bruce Wayne. And then has to... hes basically gets involved with other characters that, I guess, more or less probably make him try and... look, I guess try and remember who he is. As a person. Not as a billionaire. So. He's already got the Bruce Wayne. Going on. He knows how to play Bruce Wayne. Not that that takes a whole lot. <laughs> but I would suggest watching it. also stars Juliette Binoche. Uh, Paul Giamatti. Kevin Durant. Just to name a few people that are in the movie. The next one is the rover it's an australian film it's came out in 2014 it starred Robert Pattinson and Guy Pierce and Scoot McNary it was directed by David Michaud so the movie the rover takes place 10 years after a global economic collapse a hardened loner pursues the men who stole his only possession his car Along the way he captures one of the thieves' brother, and the duo form an uneasy bond during the dangerous journey. This movie is kinda it's a little dark. It's I mean it's it's apocalyptic, so it's it's very it's dark in that sense. But when he's paired with Guy Pierce, with an actor like Guy Pierce, Robert Pattinson, you could tell really kinda soaked it in soaked the roll in. He was really good. I was actually really surprised at how good he was in this film. I really enjoyed his performance and I really enjoyed this movie. It's definitely a different kind of movie. Again, you can find this movie on Netflix right now. I would definitely recommend watching that. He was also in the I guess I got I wanna add two more, I guess. He was also in the movie called Life <clears throat> excuse me. He played uh, Dennis Stock, who was a photographer for Life magazine that was assigned to shoot pictures of James Dean, played by Dane DeHaan, Dane DeHaan who in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man series played uh, Norman Osborn and Green Goblin, So, or Harry Osborn, I'm sorry, in case you were wondering why you recognize that name but don't know why. This movie is just a good biopic. I would recommend it there to watch that one too. Anyways, I just came across that while looking at his filmography and remembered. Oh yeah, that one too. The one I've actually just finished watching is also on Amazon Prime. It's called Good Time. It came out in 2017. It actually got some praise for Robert Pattinson because it was such a departure for him. He plays a brother... It's him and Benny Safadi that play brothers that after a botched bank robbery, the brother gets landed in in jail and only Pattinson's character uh, embarked has to embark on a twisted odyssey through a New York underworld to try and get his brother Nick Nicky out of jail. So He plays such a con... He just lies, I mean, he lies to the girl, to Jennifer Jason Leigh, who plays his love interest, uh, as a, he's dating an older woman, she's dating a younger guy, he tries to weasel her out of money, he tries to lie about what, why he needs it, basically, he pretty much lies to everybody he meets to try and get ahead, more or less, and not get in trouble, and try and rescue his brother, and save his brother, it's... It's very much an independent film in the in the sense that you could tell by the music it's an odd choice. It's kind of a weird uh, electron, like keyboard electronic I want to say kind of more eighties horror theme. It's really weird. It's best I could probably uh, relate it to. Or if you have watched the redonculous Nick Nicholas Cage movie Mandy, it's Similar music in both movies. But yeah. Mandy's ridiculous. But I think. It really shows his range. If you, if you watch him. In this film. And just see what all he can do. Is, and that he's not just. The dude from Twilight. So I would recommend. Watching those three or four movies. And kind of coming to a better. Opinion. As to what you think. As to whether or not you think he should play Batman. I think he can make a good Bruce Wayne. Especially if they're going younger. I don't know. I don't know what they're planning on doing. As far as the storyline. And all that. So I guess it would probably depend. If they're going to try and pull from source material. If so which one. And then that can help. Kind of decide what age range they're planning on going with. So I. I kind of came around a little bit. After my first initial gut reaction because i realized it was unfair to him whether he gets it or not but just seeing kind of everybody else's reaction i'm just like maybe we ought to cut him a little slack i mean after all everybody loves michael keaton as batman and when it was announced that he was originally going to play batman people were i mean it's pre-internet but a lot of people were upset because they're like the guy from mr mom is going to play and gung-ho the comedian the guy that plays all these comedy roles is going to play Batman. This is not going to work at all. I don't approve of this. And even So even back in 88, 89, people weren't on board until opening day. And then people got on board right away. And I know that Christian Bale wasn't the original choice either. Because he just played in the mechanic. And he was, I think, 90 pounds. Maybe 100, 110 because he lost so much weight for that role. He actually had to bulk up 150 pounds. Because I think he was 250. Just muscle. And Batman Begins. Basically what I'm trying to say is. Let's give our pets a break. Let's come a little slack. He may not even get it. He might not even sign on. They may give it to Nicholas Holt. Which I hear is. May actually uh, is the other choice, although I'd rather them just give it to an unknown. I think that would probably be their best bet instead of, instead of trying to give it to someone that is a name. But I understand why they do it, because they give it to someone that is a name, yeah, that helps with marketing and trying to sell tickets. But really, the name Batman should probably be enough to sell tickets. People will show up. So I don't think there's going to be an issue there. That's just me. Alright, let's move on. Lastly, we'll wrap this up with this. Coming out this Friday, May 24th, we're gonna have them We have these three movies coming out. We have Aladdin, the live action film Disney film that absolutely nobody asked for. And yeah, if you've seen the trailer, you know that you, you know that you probably are either going to see it because you have kids. Like myself, I will probably be taking my daughter, who's four and a half, does dance, and in fact, her dance song is "Friend Like Me." I'm pretty much going to be going to this movie. I have no interest in seeing this movie. I don't think it'll be good. I do not think Will Smith was the right choice. I mean. It's a movie that takes place in the Middle East. We couldn't find one Middle East actor to take the role of the genie. I don't know. It just, I, I yeah, I just, I have so many issues with the, the making of this film. I, it's, but I'm still going to go because I know my daughter's going to want to see it, so we'll go. So stay tuned for that review. The second movie is *Brightburn*, which I'm actually fairly. I'm hoping I'm not going to be getting like. Bamboozled by a tr- by a very well crafted trailer. I'm cautiously optimistic. This is a movie that basically is if Superman came to Earth and was not the was not the uh, superhero we got. We he instead w- turned evil. That's basically what this movie is. It's what a super the premise is pretty much what if Superman was evil instead of. Turn to evil instead of turn to good. So I'm, and it's uh, produced by James Gunn. I think it was written and directed by, I don't know, it's a couple other people named Gunn. It's not Sean, but I don't know if they're cousins or other brothers or which, but I kept seeing the name Gunn like everywhere, but it wasn't James or Sean. So I'm curious to see how this will play out. I'm cautious, I'm very cautiously optimistic. I'm trying not to get too excited about it. But it definitely looks interesting, and I'm curious how it's going to play out. And then, lastly, the last movie is Booksmart. This is Olivia Wilde's directorial directorial debut. I think this looks good. It looks super cute. It's it's a, it's the independent film that's getting a wide release in in the end of May. So I I I think I can't wait to see this. It has Jonah Hill's sister. That's going to be in it. And I think it will be great. I, it just looks fun. So those were our movies for this week. Uh, if you haven't seen John Wick. I would def John Wick 3 Parabellum. Go out and see it please. Uh, and. I th- you'll thank me later. Or maybe you'll. not Whichever. I would love for it. If you could. Take a minute. Leave a comment. Let me know how I'm doing. What I can improve on. What you'd like to see more of. Or see less, I guess. I'm always open to suggestions and ideas. I and as always I thank you all for listening. Do me one favor, go recommend movie go recommend a movie that you really like to one of your friends and see what happens. One movie, that's all. Until next time, have fun at the movies.